Rock and roll. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to Rebet Live. Uh, Easter in New Zealand, Friday morning. Uh, hope it is going okay and well for you. Uh, today on the show, um, got the bro, uh, Puk Kireka, in Hastings. Very interesting past. And why I thought it would be interesting to talk with Puk today was uh, from fit to gook. I think I've said that the right way. Hopefully, um, he'll, he'll get us in the mix. Very interesting past young man on a, on a bit of a journey and I thought he'd be good to um, get on the show and actually have a bit of a corridor and chat with us today. If you're watching live, wherever you're at, um, you can literally click uh, and comment below, ask us questions as we come along. And so without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Puk Kireka. How are you, bro? Hey, bro. Good. You got my name wrong. <laughs> oh, shit. What? Kireka? No, no. Puk. It's Puk, not Puk. Oh, sorry. Puk. Yeah. Fit the guck, fit the guck, fit the guck. Yeah, That's a horrible. <clears throat> my bad. So oh. maybe we'll start here. You're you're a little bit nervous about this interview. Uh, you're yeah. saying why? Why would you be nervous, my friend? Um, I don't know. Just because it's, it's new to me, it's the unknown. I don't know what to expect. So I always get a little bit nervous when I don't know what to expect. How would you, maybe we'll start here, when you look at the arc of your life, right? Because how old are you now, bro? 33. Yeah, okay, so I'm 35. So we're like a third way through. Like I'm 35, you're 33. Say if we live to 100, we're a third way through. Within uh, Maori culture, it's very much narrative and story and long a long game with things, right? If you think about your life now and you're at 33, we're a third way through. We probably both are. What do you feel the story of your life has been so far? If you've got a hundred year story, we're a third way through it. How would you craft up what your life has been today? Um, <clears throat> What's your story been? Oh, yeah, I would say I've had a had a real up, rough upbringing from then to where I am now. It's you know it's just like I've done a full three sixty, and it's like I've had another chance in a way to to live the right way instead of living the way that I was living many years ago, for many years I should say. When you see you've done a full 360 now, are you only a third way through? Are you glad you've made the full turn sooner? Or do you feel that, like, how do you feel about your the timing of how you've made your decisions to this point now? Yeah. You've done things earlier quicker. Like, how do you feel about the, the timing of your moves? I guess it just all came down to having certain people around me that influenced the way I thought because I used to think a certain way for so long, you know, being a gang member, living the gang life all my life. You know, my dad was a gang member, my brothers are gang members, my cousins, my uncles, everyone's gang members or us. Everyone's related to gang members around here. And um, so I lived this life pretty much till I was 30. And when I talk about doing a 360, I'm talking about my my mind. Like I stopped thinking gang 24-7. And then I started thinking about, you know, I've got to start doing some proper things in this world for my children, you know, for myself, for my family to, you know, live a better life because I don't want them to experience and go through the things that I went through growing up. I want them to enjoy life instead of look back on their their life and regret regret a lot of things. And you know, I had to break the cycle, bro. That's what it's all about, really, is just breaking that cycle, or I still end up living the same footsteps as that I, you know, that I was living, and I don't want that for them. Mm. And it's a it's an interesting one around your circle right so how would you feel not that you compare the circles at all but by circle do you mean people conversations 
energy, actions? Like, what what did you mean influenced by circle? Um, just people, and like people that came into my life, and you know, just showed me what life is truly about, and that's pretty much all it took. You know, they nudged me along. Took them a while to get me to be a hundred percent committed to doing these life changing things because I was sort of still like, nah, man, I didn't even know you guys probably what he's even talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm doing fine over here, but really I wasn't doing fine. I was actually I was either gonna end up in jail for a very long time and then miss out on my family, or else I probably would have ended up, you know, dead or something. So I believe they came into my life at the right time for me to pretty much just wake up and start doing things properly. It was it like a like a verbal intervention of what your future could be? What was the drivers of those conversations? Was it fear for the future? Was it regret? Was it Fano? Was it like what were the drivers that changed the headspace when you talk about changing 360 minutes? Because I, I, I just think it's really, I, I think about the circle a lot. I think about the people you choose to listen to, the people you choose to stay close. And, you know, Big Sean has a, um, has a line on, I think it was Wolves or something. He says, you know, I got these crew in my um, circle, but they're not in my corner. And it was about like, who's in your world, but who's actually got your back. And there's usually a difference. Yeah. So just talk, talk to me about that for a second, because th- I'm, I'm interested to know, yeah, what, what pieces they were that, that made the change. Um, it was just my children, eh? Like, mm. it, having these people come into my life and show me, you know, what, what's possible if you do it right. Um, cause I already know what's, what's, possible in the other side of life and pretty much the outcome to that is jail for a very long time or but when they slowly started showing me this you know the good side of life that i'll actually i'll say the proper side of living and how to live properly and you know just made me realize that you know, I was I was going nowhere on this side, pretty much, and that means you know I was not being a very good role model or father figure to my children, and they're being the biggest drive in my wanting to change. Perspective, eh? How old? Yeah. How old are your children? So my son, he's he, he's my oldest. He's twelve. My oldest daughter is ten. And I've got a young girl that's six months, and yeah. The big Everything. Same, same mother? No. Different. Yeah, so the, the 10 and 12 and then the six months? Yeah, they, they, they all got different mums, actually. Oh, yeah. Busy boy, yeah. bro. I <laughs> <laughs> see this is because my mind wasn't right, you know. <laughs> I never even thought about things like that, you know, just having kids wasn't, you know, most people would have kids and try and stay together as a family. I didn't think that way i just thought like nah man if i don't like you i'm out of there it wasn't really the healthy way to think but i was only young i didn't know any better no one taught me how to how to do everything i sort of taught myself everything so my dad left my life when i was seven years old so i had to step up and be the father figure for my younger brothers and that yeah and you know, the people that I looked up to then weren't very good role models either, but, you know, they they made me feel welcome and all that. Mm. Hence the reason why I turned out the way I turned out, pretty much. Yeah, that headspace at seven. See, mine was 11. My, my dad had a, um, a double brain hemorrhage and stroke. He went back to the brain capacity of a six-year-old when, when I was 11. And I was kind of man in the house at 11 too, and I lived in Aranui and similar, but I can imagine at seven... So what are your other siblings? So you were what kind of man of the house at seven? Yeah, so I'm the oldest son out of seven children. Yeah, see, that's so, tough. Yeah. 
yeah, they are, yeah, that's it. That's even that's even tougher. So the what was your take on relationships then? Was it you know, is it was it just stuff I don't like you next, short term, whatever? Like um, there's no like legacy thinking, or the, did the perspective shift change with baby number three? Because clearly you've gone on a different trajectory this last little bit, right? Like yeah, baby number three has definitely been like the. You know, this is it sort of thing. You know, you're either going to do it or not. Mm. But she's been, um, yeah, the big wake-up call, baby number three. Mm. And Mainly because your headspace is different? Or just you're yeah, in a definitely headspace is different. Um, yeah. Everything I do and think about now is way different to what I thought about two years ago. Because I've only been doing, like, started changing just over two years ago. And, um, yeah, it's been good. I enjoy it, but it's been tough as well. Been, it's, um, um, in, in snowboarding, there was always the the people who, you know, you could ride the chairlifts and it was super easy. You sit on straight to the top and you're down, it's easy. And then there'd be those that would see the peak. And be like, no, no, I'm going to go hike up to the top and I'm going to go earn my turns. I'm going to walk up the, the top and they, they put the energy and the effort. And, you know, it'll be 10 times harder than taking a chairlift. But it doesn't, um, but they don't get the full joy of when they, when they do, they get the full joy of actually experiencing it, which is awesome. So good on you for, for making that time. Um, someone said, uh, you're pretty quiet a bit. Uh, let me know if it's feel if it's a little bit better now. Hopefully, I'll turn up my mic just a little bit. Hopefully, that sounds a bit better. And then James Blakey says, "Boys, this is the real shit happening in New Zealand right now. Thanks for making it happen. Don't be nervous. People need to hear about experience." Shot, James. Um, yeah, very cool. So the um, when you think about the when you were younger, looking at the at the world, what did you think the reality was like, what was the perception versus reality of what you thought the world was when you were 20 to say 30 at 20, the perception was what? And then at 30, the perception was what, like what was the shift mentally in terms of a decade of you growing up? Um, I'd say like my way of thinking back when I was in 20, was I just thought, you know, Mongol mob, that's my world. That's all I see. I would never associate with anyone outside of that circle. Um, I didn't know how to. You know, I just knew how to be a gang member. I was really good at it. Um, and then now, thirty, I look at, I look back, and I think, you know, like during all that that decade, you know, I spent about five years of that in prison. And then, yeah, that's been another, like, wake-up call for me too. Like, you know, I, I, I was in a gang. You know, the only thing I've really gotten out of that is criminal charges and jail sentences. But now I've turned around and started doing things different. I'm getting a bit of, you know, good stuff happening in my life, and it's it feels way better. And I wish that I had someone back in my life then that's, that I have in my life now to tell me these things. Because mm. I just, you know, I wouldn't say I wasted 10 years because I met a lot of good people that, you know, have been yeah. through the same thing as me. And, you know, they're still in it. They haven't, they haven't had those people in their lives come to them and, you know, help them try and get out. And that's one of the sad things about it. You know, and a lot of them have only turned out the way they turn out because that's how they were brought up. And it's really, you know, what when you watch Once We Warriors, you know, that's not just a movie, that's true life. You know, that really happens. And I've seen that shit happen many times. Um, even people, no, this is the crazy thing. People don't, like, my, my wife's American on her 25th birthday, came to New Zealand, on her 25th birthday, we thought we'd show them Once We Warriors. And yeah. they thought it was like a nightmare joke. And I was like, no, 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 like, we're laughing because it's kind of true. And they're like, what? I was like, no, this happens. Like, this is real. This isn't a, 
and, and the, you just watch their minds blowing up like what is this shit it's like <laughs> this is the, the it's the reality it's the truth and and you'd know better than most because you've seen it and lived it i get it yeah no, it's it's really happens it really happens in these families and when you're young and you see all that for years you know you grow up and you start doing that shit too and that's that's another sad thing about it that's why the cycle never gets broken someone no one's really stood up and try to break it it just continues and continues and continues and um yeah the start of that like, like yeah. your your journey because it's always been public and yes there's been some some dips and some fails and you've eaten shit and you're you know trying to hustle your way through it the the purity of the documentation of you being vulnerable enough to show the attempt at change shows how tough it is when that's all you've ever known right so I think this that's kudos for you for for owning those those pieces. Like uh, Brent, the bros just jumped in. Uh, everyone has the capacity to change. Respect for making efforts to change in a positive way. Totally agree. Um, Joe off up in legend. Joe goes amazing quote at all. What a journey. I'm interested in how you think we help people choose the good side of life earlier, or even better, avoid the other side altogether. What do you change to make things better at a scale? Thanks for doing this. It's it's a like I remember once, so after my my dad passed away, so I was 15 and he passed and we were in, I don't know, we were on the benefit um, and stuff. Not too many people know, I don't really talk about it too much, but um, when I was older and I went on and started doing my own, own thing and traveling, I remember once my mom pulled me aside and she goes, I'm I'm really glad that you chose the good side with your skill set. And, and, and it, this one thing just always stuck with me. And for years, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. And then it kept going back to me this last couple of years, I was like, what was she nervous about? And I think what it was is she was nervous that my skill set at that time, when you know, you fail in high school, you're on the benefit, you're in Adanui, your dad's just passed away, you're the man of the house, you're not doing good, there's gangs and bullshit around you. And you look at my skill set, which was different to most, I think she was scared that I was going to go the other path. And then I think about now with how my brain thinks, if I was in that world, geez, it would be dangerous. Like, and, and then I get, I'm like really, like glad you know that whatever happened in my life i got my escape and stuff too so i think it's a really um interesting question of what joe's saying about you know how how do you think we should help choose the good side of life earlier or even avoid the better side what would you change to make things scale things better at scale what would you, so what would your answer to that be if you were to try and go back to yourself earlier to save more of the news um I would say that it all just comes down again to the people that are around you. Mm. You tend to follow what you see. And if you see it from a young age and it looks good, you know, you see, you see the good side of it, especially if that's all you're seeing, then you want to start living that life. And yeah, I believe if, you know, my mum and my dad, we may be like, builders or things like that i might have grew up to be a builder but unfortunately no they weren't they were you know drug and alcohol abuse abusive to us um you know my dad left when i was seven years old and yeah so i had no role model in my life and you know i lived in a neighborhood where crime was high and things like that Everyone was on benefits. No one was really working around there. And all the kids used to be out on the streets late doing whatever. And to us, it was like, that was cool. No rules, sort of. And I think that's how it it starts. That's where the seeds planted. And then you just start growing up like that. Well, in in the business world, I talk about the Las Vegas effect of, you know, everyone now wants to be an entrepreneur and wear a hoodie and start businesses and build a billion dollar company and do the tech cool shit. And they see the glitz and glamour of these exits and these businesses that go public and make millions of dollars and whatever it may be. They don't see the underbelly of the pain and destruction and the chaos and the bankruptcy and the no sleep and the lost relationships and, and the stresses. But just like Las Vegas, you know, you see the glitz and the glam and the cool shit. You don't see the heartache and the despair and the, you know, like I've been in Vegas and like I watched a guy feel like he just lost his house 
and just get demolished. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the, the, the reality is sometimes it's a huge disconnect right up between the perception and the reality of it. So for you now, do you, are you aware that at 33, you might be the visual like breadcrumb of positivity who's someone who looks like you, rolls like you, talks like you, that might be going down a path A of badness to, or B for badness, but A for goodness. Do, are you aware yet that you might be having a bigger halo effect for others that are younger on the come up that might choose or get close to be surrounded by stuff? Are you aware of that now? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Cause I've seen even just around here in my hometown, I've seen a lot of young guys that really look up to me and what I do. And yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Eh? Like, but they need to know that there's more to life than just staying in the one neighborhood all your life and things like that. Because I've never left. I've never left New Zealand. Just yeah, I've traveled the all around. Dangerous. Yeah, you know, because if you get stuck in that bubble, you think that that's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Like, I was stuck in the bubble for 30 years. Um, you know, I didn't choose to be born into the family I was born into or to be surrounded with the people that I was surrounded from birth. So, mm. but I'm glad that I had these people come into my life now rather than later on. So I can, you know, my son is becoming a young teenager now and. For a long time, I used to take them to to big gang functions. I used to dress them up like a little gang member, and now he's sort of going through that that phase at the moment where he's starting to be yeah. attracted to that side of life. And I'm I'm pulling him back slowly, just letting him know, like you know, it's all right to have friends, but you don't have to do what your friends do. Mm. Like friends like all the time because he's starting to hang around with a with troubled troubled use but it just reminded me right reminds me of myself yep yeah yep. It, it's it's kind of like a uh you know two decade old karma you're the little badass going around doing your shit like i mean i was i mean not probably to the, the same levels of you but you know you go around you get to mischief and stuff or there'll be some tagging stuff or going to the, you know bits and pieces like we ended up you know we tried to turn good there'd be a crew of us in Christchurch and we'd go to like town on a f Friday and they'd take like the, the kitchen lino down with some beatbox with some double D batteries and go like break dancing and shit and we'd take the basketball down and like try and like get tips from like drunk people and then go to you know but like you move as a mob you know like get the number five bus you do that you know you hide from the cops <laughs> whatever it may be you know but then you get older and then he's like there's no way in hell I'm flipping leaving my kid do that shit stuff that and then it's funny and then it happens to you and you're like shit it's this is Bah, this was this was me and so you kind of like how do you um do you get fearful of of their future taking the wrong paths and do you feel an obligation now that you've maybe turned the corner that you have to try and navigate and steer those ships of these little kind of innocent humans the right way yeah i think i just have to start spending way more time with them at this time while he's starting to find that lifestyle appealing and just, you know, just keep getting inside his ear. I'm not going to, like, force him into anything because it might make him really go that way. Mm. But I just, I'll just keep being that little guy in his ear just telling him, you know, there's a better thing over here, you know. There's better stuff over this side too. Yeah. You can still be friends with those guys, but there's better things to do over here. So, yeah, it's it's tough because I was physically with a crew, but mentally I was in a different space with where I was going with my energy. And so at sometimes when I was growing up in that space, I, it was, I felt a little bit of a chameleon because I was like, boysies, boysies physically. And there's still some of my good bros today, but in my head, I was already kind of like heading on another path, but I could feel it, but I had that sort of mental, toughness or resilience to see that the longer game with it um joy oh joy's a legend uh love the story everyone can change their path if we lend our support put out a hand good stuff keep up the good mahi shot joy joy is lovely um 
whatever's clever straight tamati. <laughs> there you go, tamati. Um, yeah. So when you think of, I don't know, we, we, visually now at 33, your headspace is different to what it was 10 years ago, but visibly you've still got the, the markings of the, of the past. I want to talk about the perception versus reality of what you look like to who you are, right? So how do you, how do you feel about the judgment that you have obviously felt from what you may look like? You know, you look like a pretty, what are you like? Six foot two, hundred yeah. kgs, buff as shit, moldy looking dude, tats, you know, not the friendliest face. Um, <laughs> I've been down that path. <laughs> like, how do you, have you dealt with judgment visually in, in your world in the last, uh, when did it, when it, when did, maybe even before the tats? Like, Cause how old were you when you got the, the tattoos? So I've had the tattoos for about maybe six years. Okay. So but before that, even like, through that world, have you dealt with the battle of perception versus reality with who you are and um, what you look like and actually who you are as a person? <clears throat> what what now or just in general maybe then did you think of it as a liability or as an asset that you were threatening or physically intimidating or whatever and then and then now um yeah how do you how do you think about that? Yeah, so when i first got the tattoo you know the, the reason why i got it was you know because i've had i've met a lot of good people in the gang that have passed away and a lot of some of them were like really my really good friends that mm. that i lost to like suicide and drug addictions um and you know back here and i'm thinking like you know this is my life forever i'm never gonna change i'm just gonna do this it's Go the only one i'm gonna live yeah yep. so i tattooed my face you know, to remember them and as a, as a symbol to say, you know, they're my brothers for life and this is it on my face. Says notorious because those were my brothers. They were notorious gang members. So that's the reason why I got that. And I did not think about or care about what people would think. Mm. I wanted to wear this proud so everyone knew, like, oh, he's a gang member. You know, it's on his face. There's no undercover. There's no, like, going into anyone else's turf and being undercover, you know. This, this is why I got the tattoo. You know, I was, I was in it for life. And I'm proud, you know, I was proud to walk around with this on my face and let everyone know that, you know, this is me. Mm. I don't care what you think. It was the attitude I had. I did not think that once I got that tattoo that I wouldn't be able to get into a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think about all that at the time. But back then I didn't even go to these places. But now, even like some places I can't even go to just have lunch because yeah, they, they just won't let me in because of the tattoo. And if I do go anywhere, I've got to like put makeup on to cover it up if i really want to get in there but, yeah or just just move to america and just have to wear the mask the whole time it's still COVID, <laughs> but you cover it easy yeah. so so what is it you obviously i understand the genesis behind it now but the long-term implications for judgment of others when you were younger and got it did you feel power that people were fearful of you and of of the physical specimen, what, what you visually represented, what you were engulfed with, it was it was not pride. Not that it, now it's shame at all, because obviously I understand the genesis out of respect for those that have come before. But now, when you go somewhere and and people probably look at you all the time, how does it make you feel? Oh, I'm used to it now. Eh? It's just normal, but. But now I've put on a bit of muscle and all that. Uh, <laughs> people look at me like, "Well, this one looks cool." Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of compliments, and I've had a lot of people sort of like, "Wow, 
it's full, you know, it's full commitment, right? Like it's a, it's full commitment. Yeah, no, it is. But yeah, saves you a bit of money on wardrobe too, eh? You just don't even need to. So, in the, I was going to ask you about transitioning out from, say, old old world to new, like old puck, new puck. The energy around, say, anger and emotion. Like, how have you, like, say, for me personally, like, if I, like, if I now, if I don't like go and hit a boxing bag or try and go do something physical, I, my brain just goes flipping crazy. I can, I just need to move. I need to do stuff within, within your old world to the new, how have you navigated um, like anger and emotion and dealing with that? So. Um, you know. Jim, Jim yeah. has been my, my biggest outlet for, for everything pretty much. If I didn't find fitness I probably wouldn't have made any of these good decisions that I've made because the fitness was the outlet for me to clear my mind and, you know, just become healthy. And then I really enjoyed it. And plus it helped me get over a big-time meth habit as well, you know. I, yeah, I used to have a big meth habit, but then I found fitness and it sort of helped me rehabilitate myself hmm. and while I was doing that I ended up started rehabilitating other things that I didn't even know at the time just like what? yeah really what was that sorry like like what like my mind my thoughts hmm. my attitude just towards people um and then I started slowly associating with people that weren't gang members from meeting them at the gym and things like that. And, you know, I started seeing like, Hey man, some of these guys are really cool. Like, maybe I should be friends with them. I don't have to be just friends with heaps of gang members and gang members only, but yeah. What's, was... the, what's the difference of conversation that you now have with people around you? Cause I'm interested around the, the, the circle, right? Like no, right. Back to that. Yeah, like, well, like, how, how is it changing where your mind goes when you have conversations with certain people? Because I always remember my mum would say, you know, like, simple people talk about people and bullshit. Or oh, she wouldn't say bullshit. She's a very nice Christian lady. Um, average people talk about things. And then, you know, great people talk about ideas and opportunity and whatever else as well. Kind of like layers of of conversation. What what was the biggest thing you noticed differently about interacting with those potentially in this new world? around uh, conversation and, and learnings of, of in that circle? Oh, you know, when I was in, in the gang, you know, we're talking about, fuck, who we're going to beat up? So this fella needs to get bigger than up and things like that. Like, who the sell the drugs? But on this side, we're talking about calories, um, <laughs> broccoli, things like that. Like, well, what, what are we going to be pumping tomorrow? What's the next routine? What's your fitness goals? <laughs> Things like that. Even goal setting. Like I've only just learned how to do goal setting in the last couple of years. I, you know, it's all new to me, and I, I still struggle sometimes because I'm trying to set big goals instead of trying yeah. to do little goals and achieve the big goal. I'm trying to set big goals, and if I don't achieve it in a certain amount of time, I get a little bit upset with myself. Yeah. But, do you when you talk to goal setting, how do you approach your goal setting? Is this like small, medium, long and like, you know, days, months, years, decades? Like, how do you yeah. think when you first started learning about goal setting, how did you think about it? Oh, when I first learned about it, I was like, hey, what, what's this shit? That <laughs> like, was my honest thing. Like, like, I couldn't even think of a goal, to be honest. It was so hard. Because I, I, I never thought that way before, and it was just like, what, what are goals? Like, what do you mean by goals? But, but now I sort of got a good rope, rope, or like a good hand on things. We just do weekly goals now, <clears throat> just little small ones, just especially for the business and things like that, and just to help keep myself motivated and on track. Mm. And Speaking focused. of business. James uh, Blake says, um, says, Puck, uh, what uh, businesses are you working on? 
So we were, me, and my, me and my partner were working on a – so we have got an online fitness coaching. Um, that's what I do for a living now. Um, and, yeah, I just want to use what helped me get through some tough times and help other people as well. And that was fitness. So we have a business called Fit to Guck. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we also have an online app platform there where you can get diet plans, workout programs, and all the things like that. Mm. So we've been doing that for about maybe six months. It's you, been really you, hard. There's a there's a play around the branding of you know notorious fitness might be something to potentially look at. The, the branding could be quite easy if we if we need a branding conversation. We I could I could we I know some people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that actually sounds quite cool. Yeah, well, mate, I, I, uh, bro, that's a solid marketing business. I'll um, add you up and have a look. So what? So for James, if they want to check out um, um, the website, where would they go to to check out what you're doing? You can find me on Instagram at fit to guck F I T number two um, G U K. Yep, fit to guck. There you go. Or one word. Yep. Um, and then yeah. this is actually an interesting one, right? Transitioning your skill set from the old world to the new. What has been the biggest challenge of the new? of the new business as understanding, like obviously if you know, yeah. you're doing, you, you, if you do it, obviously you've got some, some past in sales and the customer service. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, so, you know, I, I'm sure HR might be an issue, but what has been the, uh, the biggest challenge of, of trying to change your skill set or adapt that skill set into the new world? Um, the biggest challenge for me is myself really, because, yeah. I um I have this thing where I I'm afraid to fail because I've failed so many times. I feel like I failed my family many times that I don't want to fail this. So I sort of put the handbrake on a lot and don't make decisions because I don't want to make the decisions and then they're not the right ones, sort of thing. But I have to make the decisions. So we sort of just pop trotting along like we could be going way better but I'm my biggest yeah I'm the biggest reason why it's not because of those reasons just afraid to fail afraid afraid to to what people would think sort of thing Mm. Yeah. yeah it's um it's not uncommon and it becomes this thing around like paralysis by analysis, right? You get frozen because you get fearful of if I do this, then this might happen. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, if I blah, 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 right? And what happens is, you know, you, just a quick little insight maybe is, you know, you're talking about the past, how, you know, you might have regret for this or that, blah, blah, blah. In the business world, it's very much that, but what happens, it's regret of, oh, I should have done this. I could have done that. I should have, could have, would have. It's, it's what happens all the time. But it only happens a lot for people that don't try, yeah. right? That don't actually go and give it a crack. That don't be brave enough to go and try and, and do. And and it's weird enough because what's well, it's quite interesting because, you know, you'd happily, you know, get into a fight or do some gang stuff here, there, whatever. But then to make a decision on business stuff, that's potentially more fearful. Like you'd almost rather get in a fist fight with five dudes than like make a call on, you know, how you structure your pricing for the products and services, which might go online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's wild, dude. That's because you flip it the other way. No one thinks of that. So, you know, the, you know, if you look at business or startups anyway, you know, 90, 90% to 95% fail, right? Like it's extremely low. And then if you look within, Maori or Pacifica within like say tech, like I think I could be wrong, but the numbers are around like three to five percent of like dollars and stuff that come into it go towards culture or are like you know successful within it. So, you know, when you're running a business and culture and you're Maori Pacifica, there's there's already a lot more going against you. So, you know, you can't the same mindset that you've taken to switch from the old world to the new, 
you need to think about it of like, how do you go into the offense? Because the difference is, say, for me anyway, like my crossover was <coughs> in snowboard world, right? If I go off a jump one degree to the right, I flip and hit a rock and I break my neck. And I, if I take one turn less, I land short on a flipping 60 foot jump and I blow my ACL and my snap my tib fib, right? But that that's like real risk, you know? Like you've got, you'd probably seen real risk in the past. Then when you come into business, you're at sea level. You're not wearing a whole bunch of shit in the snow. You're not jumping off cliffs and you make a thing which at the end of the day, if it goes bad, it's like a piece of paper or something that's not really, you know, it's, it's not real risk, you know, like you, you are still going to go home with regardless of these decisions with, you know, your neck, not in a cask and your ACLs not broken and you're flipping tib fibs still in one piece. So for me, I always just, I think about the, is it real risk? Like you've seen real risk or is it the perception of, of risk of what you think it is? And the answer is always, it's never real risk. Like real yeah. risk, you've seen that shit, right? So I think it's maybe just a bit of a rah-rah of um, you'll be surprised as long as people know what your intent is that you're wanting to try and do good shit. You want to try and make people give you so much leeway. So don't handbrake yourself for your own future based on like the paralysis by analysis of being scared to do something because it might fail. Like you will fail. That's the point. But, you know, like I even say, you know, like with the LeBron James shit, like the dude's the best in the world or arguably, you know, top three Durant, whatever. Um, but he still gets a hundred points scored on him every day. He loses a hundred times, but at the end he gets that final shot. Then they win and he's the man, but he still, he got shot on or dunked on or laid up on or crossed over a hundred times. You see what I mean? Like it, it's that mindset around, you know, are you on offense or defense? And I, would, I would hate for you to freeze for this next stage in your life. Cause you're too scared about the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a headspace of it. It's, it's tricky. Um, Jessica paralysis by analysis. So true. The fine art of overthinking totally is true. Um, what do you think the biggest thing you've learned about yourself is in the last old world to new world? What do you learned the most? Um, probably that, you know, people can change. That's probably the biggest thing that I've learned because I'm living proof that, you know, it can be done with the right support and people around you you can turn your life right around mm. do you feel that, you, so you go yeah and that's pretty much all you need just need that support and those people to just keep nudging you and they're not pressuring you but just nudging you towards that that right pathway i should say and then um yeah that's one of the biggest things that i learned and it's not going to be without its bumps, right? Like I'd um, check, just before I was just I, I I put up your name into um, into Google and you got in trouble last year, the end of, or start of last year or something. Um, yeah. Sent a six month supervision after sold your partner. Yeah. Is that the old put coming back in? What was <clears throat> what was that? Apart from a huge oh, stuff, which I'm sure you regret and being a dick about it. Yeah, well, because of who I am in my past, you know, even if I just push someone, it's a big deal. You know, it's, it's a violent thing, and yeah, we had a we had a bit of an argument and things where we started pushing each other around, and then yeah, someone seen and rung the cops, and then you know, this is and this happened like. At the start of my change, um, yeah. I didn't get convicted of it for a while. Um, so I was on bail for that for like a year. And then I got convicted of it. Or well, I pled guilty to it. I didn't get convicted. And um, because I just wanted to move on. I didn't want to drag out something. You know, yeah, I was guilty of pushing it over and things. So, you know, I would, I would stand up and say that. Yeah, I pushed there. And um, 
yeah, that was that was hard because I was trying to change, but then that happened, and it sort of looked like oh, he's all shit. He's not trying to change nothing. So I got heaps of um, negativity for that, and it, it was hard to deal with at the time mm. because I started thinking like, well, when you're trying to change, but you know, I'm getting worse uh, things from people now than I did when I was just naughty as. So I was sort of like, fuck, should I just stay naughty? Because this, I don't get this sort of um, backlash from people when I'm naughty. But yeah, but I didn't. I keep going forward. You know, I still had those people on the sideline nudging me. Just like, don't let that bring you down. Um, everyone has has um, problems. You know, even some of some of the world's famous people still have problems like that. But um. And you're and you're still so so in that moment, right? Like, because I I I am extremely emotional around shit, right? Like, I wear a um I wear a Fitbit. Half the reason I wear this Fitbit is because I monitor my um heart rate. So if I like, I was with um, Mel, my twice, and we're about to go into this big meeting with this um this company, and the person on the other side really despises me, like absolutely thinks I'm a total piece of shit. But I had leverage in that situation, and I knew I was about to flipping steamroll this dude, right? And my heart rate got up to as if I was working out. I was like like 120 or 130 sitting down. I'm just so into it. Like I'm a very, I get just super emotional about things. And, you know, I have to like have a like mechanism to, to, to calm and cool and woosah and all this shit. That moment for you, obviously you stuffed up bad, bad boy, yeah. horrible piece of shit. Don't do that again. But what did, what did you learn about how you, have to navigate your own energy and emotion to try and survive in this new world, to, to be able to last for the rest of your life. Like how did you, how do you approach dealing with that with yourself? Cause it's a battle with you, right? Because you know, you're the man in the situation. How, how have you decided to try and navigate through that? Well, we started off just left social media for a start because that was where most of the shit was happening. So we didn't see it. When you can't see it, it doesn't affect you or hear it. We heard a little bit of stuff, but um, you know that that helped out a lot. Not going on social media and reading about it. Um, you know, it was in the papers here, front paging some of it. I was just like, oh man, you know, like it was a nice photo to go with it. <laughs> yeah, like it was. Yeah, I didn't understand like how that happened, like that. But then there's someone that. They, they can do like a manslaughter and they'll get a little tiny right up in there. But my one was like front paging and it was not, not, not as bad as what the police were making it out to be. But you no, know, they sort of had a problem with me here about my change and they didn't believe it. So they were, they were sort of giving me a bit of shit as well. Um, probably trying to get a reaction out of me, but I didn't react. Um, you know, I just thought about my kids and just keep going straight. Because and how do you, know, you deal with your energy now? Like you get mad, you get upset, you want to flip and put your finger fist through a flipping wall. Like what? What's your process now to deal with like anger and emotion? Um, Jim. Oh yeah, I know now. When I um, if I feel myself getting angry or wanting to get angry, I know. Like oh, man, I need to go to the gym, I'll just headphones on, listen to my music and I'll just take it out on the waiter. And then I'll always leave, I'll always leave the gym like a new person, just happy, thoughts are gone, you know, it gives me time to, to like re, what would you say, like rethink about what just happened. Was it even, is it even worth getting angry about? Um, yeah, things like that. And that's how I counter that's how that's what works for me yeah and you know it's always worked for me for the last year so how, how, probably what, even about, longer. what about with your partner do you do you communicate more you you verbalize you talk through things yeah you, you know a lot of a lot of tough men don't talk about tough <laughs> things right they don't have the emotional capability to either talk about their feelings or what's going on or how they truly like the stories they're telling themselves in their head or whatever, has your relationship with your partner changed as you've you've grown for a bit more depth emotionally? Yeah, 
No, we, we've got a really good um, relationship. Um, at first, there was a bit of like, because when she met me, I was still kind of calling to the gang, eh? And, um, you know, and she's, she's part of the reason, one of, she's one of the people actually that have come in and sort of been nudging me along to do yeah. better things. Um, you know, at, at the start, it's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know. Like, things like that. Um, we we always disagree to, or agree to disagree a lot, but yeah, we've come a long way because it wasn't always like that. We, we had a lot of arguments and heated moments, but now we can sit down and talk about it like grown, grown-ups, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know? And explain like, hey, I'm not happy with this and that. Um, but before we couldn't do that. Yeah. But you know, I'm growing as a person, and you know, she's growing as well. And you know, our little baby is six months. Yeah, six months, and she's been she's been great. <laughs> she's one of the biggest reasons why we are. Starting to knuckle down anyway, and do yeah. things properly. Well, I just I, I asked that question because you know so many people from a similar background. It's zero to a hundred real quick, physical explosion, negative bad shit, and then that's that's their outlet, you know. And obviously now you've got gym and you've got you've got talking. Like for me, it was the same. Like I, you know, um, I got into um, boxing with uh, Monty Beetham up in AK, and we'd have you know three days three days a week getting into it it was just like that kind of group accountability mentality it was the perfect mix of like mental stimulation where you're not just going bored but then physical activity um yeah and just having those those things was was super cool um drew yeah. is saying yeah there always be bumps in the road keep, keep on going uh Henry, the bro Henry is flipping good bastard uh trebro minkorador has your new reality has a positive had a positive ripple effect in your wider circles i mean you're talking about you know, young kids in your in your um in your town and stuff rocking up and, and saying what's up. Has your this journey that you're now now on, um, have you what type of positive effect have you seen in your wider circles? Good question, Henry. <clears throat> what do you mean by wider circles of that? I guess further than the community within um those acquaintances that maybe don't know you full personally but like the energy you get from from others like how like i guess the the wider kind of the wider crew around your, your world that exists yeah i feel like my impact on them has been really good i, I mean i've only been on instagram for probably like six to seven months and i've nearly got ten thousand followers so i must be doing something pretty good for people to want to follow me and yeah but i'm just real i just i'll just share my life experiences you know I, i'm still a normal human i still you know get sad i still get angry i um you know i i cry i do all these things that normal humans do i might might have lived a certain life then but um how i am now and I, yeah, I believe that I've made a good impact from then to now. Anyway, yeah. in the wider community. Yeah, but do you think that the the majority of people that would be engaging or following or seeing you, do you think it's very clear that the majority of them are supporters from the sidelines wanting you to win? Right, like you're aware of that. That's the that's the hook. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yes, yeah, sort of. I don't feel it all the time. But then sometimes I have my moments where I feel it. And yeah. then some days I don't feel it. But yeah. You're, um, the crew that are with you now, like how often are you going to the gym and stuff now? Like is this like every day? Because you're training as well to be a personal trainer and stuff? Like what's the... What's the time um, for you for all that? Like, how often are you going? Like, what's the, the regiment with with you in the gym? Like, with the business? Well, I'm in there, like, every day. I'm in there, like, nearly every day. Like, I might have one day off 
but even I even struggled with that one day. Like I started yeah. getting fidgety and wanting to just go to the gym. But I know I need to have that rest and try and spend that yeah. time with my um family. Yeah. yeah. What's the biggest thing you're most excited about in this next ten years? You'll be so you'll be forty. You'll be forty-three. Yeah, probably. What does your world look like? See, the, see where the business goes, how big it gets, if it takes off. Um, that'll be the most exciting thing for me, and just to look back on that and know that I've done the best I can do for my children's futures. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that'll be my dream come true to be able to look after them and my mum for the rest of their lives. Yeah, well, your boy will be 23 by then, so he's going to be either down path A or path B, right? So it's a it's a big 10 yeah. years ahead. Well, I'll keep nudging him as much <laughs> as I can, and he'll probably hopefully he'll take path B <laughs> or path A. One of the uh, the things I've always been interested in with with branding has how a liability can be an asset and so maybe one of the things to think about was you know the brand of notorious that is clearly um known for you visually for the masses and everything else as well um being able to you know flip that narrative on its head down the right way i think there's definitely something in there around that the brand of of um for that for the business and for you and stuff as well so i think there's definitely have a bit of happy to um, connect you with some crew or help out myself if I can. Um, if people want to uh, check out your your website, your Instagram, uh, where can they go to? What can they do? I'll just go to Instagram, type in fit to guck. I'll pop up. Um, same as on Facebook, and the website is www.fittoguck.com. If you want to check that out, yeah. Easy. Uh, James, uh, would you change anything in life or is it all growing and teaching? Same as you, is it regrets or just things that happen along the way and it's a way to learn? Would you change anything in your life? Mm, probably not because if I didn't experience all that, I wouldn't know how good everything I'm learning now is. Mm. Um, but everything, everything happens for a reason. Mm. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't change nothing, just probably i might just do school better because <laughs> i wasn't good at yeah <laughs> i get probably. it um yeah dude i really appreciate your time bro um i know you're a busy man i'm sure after i think you were just at the gym before this i'm imagining it's a friday what, what's on the cards for the rest are you gonna back back to the back to the gym back in the mix i'm definitely going back to the gym <laughs> i gotta get that easy that good friday workout in and then that's me I've got the is family. It what is it? Is it leg day? Is it? <laughs> um, it's everything day for me today. Try to do everything on on a Friday. Couple of exercises of each muscle. There you go. Yeah. Um, appreciate, bro. Good solid chat, and I'm super proud of the the changes that you've done. It's cool that you are you are very aware now that many are looking at you for what potentially could be for them. And the further you get along with your journey, whether it be the ups and downs and all the bullshit that's going to come along with it, um, you know, stay true to that path around, you know, it's been a big change in the last 10 years and keeping your head down for the next 10, will get, you know, you, your whānau, everything set for, for generations to come, which can change many, many lives. So you should be super proud of yourself, bro. Cool, bro. Uh, thanks for having me. It was, bro. It was cool. <laughs> See, it's not too bad talking shit to some, some stuff. See? Yeah, yeah. We, not that we had like notes or anything we were going to go through. So no, it was. I'm just seeing the time there. If I didn't didn't feel like an owl. Ah, oh, that's good, mate. Hey, okay. Uh, appreciate, it, brother. Enjoy the um the Easter. Everyone that's been watching, and listening, thanks so much for tuning. In. I'm sure they've um learned a lot, and you know you've got a lot of cheerleaders on the side. Any anytime, um, you know, happy to help. Plug in whatever you need, bro. But um, good on you for your journey, bro. Really appreciate your time. Sweet. Thank you, guys. So have a good, good day. Yeah, right. Later on. Chat. Later. Boom. There you go, team. That was awesome. Uh, Pook. Fit to guck.
Instagram. Very cool seeing the changes. I wanted to do that. I thought that was important um, to do for a multitude of reasons. Hope you enjoy Easter, everybody. Um, be good. Be great. Have fun. Stay out of trouble. See you all soon. Peace.